Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We're having our roundtable discussion at the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we're so glad you could join us. We will start this morning with our morning prayer. I'm reading from Miscellaneous Writings, page 277. Falsehood is on the wings of the winds, but truth will soar above it. <clears throat> truth is speaking louder, clearer, more imperatively than ever. Error is walking to and fro in the earth, trying to be heard above truth, but its voice dies out in the distance. Whosoever proclaims truth loudest becomes the mark for error's shafts. The archers aim at truth's mouthpiece, but a heart loyal to God is patient and strong. Justice waits and is used to waiting, and right wins the everlasting victory. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Mary Baker Eddy. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you, Florence. It's rather perfect for today. <laughs> Thank you, as usual. Okay, our watching point. Watching point number 390. Watch that you realize in your work of healing the sick that the absolute truth is what does the healing. Mrs. Eddy once said, quote, Meet every false claim with the absolute truth. Nothing short of that will answer, end quote. Also, she said, quote, strive to work from God instead of up to God, end quote. If you work from the standpoint that you are absent or separated from God and must work up to him, how can you ever do this? Since if you are absent from him, how can you ever make the demonstration to be present with him? The absolute truth declares that you are now in the presence of God, united to him and reflecting his power. We do not try to work up to perfection or health. We do not use understanding to heal the sick. We use understanding to know that there is nothing to heal, since the kingdom of God is here and now and in man. Once Mrs. Eddy asked a student how he would meet a certain condition of disease. He replied that he would try to realize some particular statement of truth, which he quoted. She said, as a shadow of disappointment passed over her face, quote, I hoped you would not need to realize your way into truth, but would start from there, but would start there, end quote. Thank you. Comments on that? I just thought it was a beautiful, I used it all week, and I loved the where she kept saying, you know, how can you work your way up to him if you think you're absent from him? Thank you, Yale. And the part that um, I, I put became so much clearer after coming here and, and working um it was the understanding what was it that the understanding 
We do not use understanding to heal the sick. We use understanding to know that there's nothing to heal. And, I mean, I always was taught that, you know, God is perfect and that, but we were still trying to heal something. And to know that that's, that Christian science is here to show us that there's nothing to heal. We're already God's child and perfect, but we don't use Christian science to to make us what we already are. We're already perfect. That was so we use it to see what we already are then. Yes, yes. To know what we are. I think Eustace in one of something I read from him, he says that you must start with perfection or you can never obtain perfection. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Say the truth. Yeah, the truth. You say we see the truth about the lie. Mm-hmm. This to me, it goes well with that wonderful article by Bicknell Young on oneness. Um, you know, he talks about Christ Jesus. When an error seemingly confronted him, he did not think it was something out there with which he needed to argue or something he had to change. He healed subjectively within himself, reducing it to nothingness at the door of his own thought. This understanding gives us dominion, for we find that all we have to do is to take care of it in our own wheat field, in our own consciousness. And then this too, I always love this. And I don't know if I understood all of this very well until I, as, as Karen said, until I came here and started being taught by the early workers who were taught by Mrs. Eddy and who expanded on some of the things she wrote. Bicknell Young says, we know that we are good because God is the only good. We know we are intelligent because God is the only intelligence. We are harmonious because God is the only harmony. We are the very presence of these things. We no longer feel that our demonstration lies in an appeal to a power outside of ourselves to do this or that, but that we are the very presence of these things, even the presence of something that seems to be lacking. That is, that is just powerful. So what are you lacking? And as an image of God, you're not really lacking it. You've got to make sure you know you have it, be it health or finance, relationship problems, whatever. And to always be knowing when you are expressing these qualities of God, that is demonstrating your oneness with him. Again, the word demonstration, bringing it forth, showing it forth, that it's, it exists. So we have a, a wonderful lesson on truth. Um, did you read the golden text, Lillian? <clears throat> Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Thank you. Um, I think it's important in our, in our watching, I'm going to talk a little bit about watching again because it is so important that we take the synonyms 
of God and use them in our watches. I, I almost always do. I do in my daily work for myself, but then I expand it. So just knowing this truth, truth, it was what Florence read in her miscellaneous writings, that truth is powerful. It goes out to the world. Um, a definition of truth in the 1828 dictionary is conformity to fact or reality. Exact accordance with that which is. So think of that truth going out and bringing reality to all people all everywhere at our daily prayer. And may thy word enrich the affections of all mankind and govern them. So each week, if, if you would pay special attention to that one synonym in your prayers and in your watches. Next week, it'll be love, but um, this week, truth. Uh, on my phone, a few times this week, I popped up this expression, the new normal, which kind of makes me cringe <laughs> because my understanding of this new normal is masks and vaccinations. Oh. No, thank you. Uh-uh, that's not normal. I looked up the definition of normal in the 1828 dictionary. According to a rule or principle. That's about all it said for normal. Now, we as Christian scientists don't think that wearing masks and vaccinations is normal, do we? Sickness isn't normal. None of that is normal. I'm just bringing this out because I don't want anyone to settle into thinking that this is normal and not rising in rebellion against it. Mentally, we have to follow the rules of the land, and we do, but that doesn't mean, as Florence says, when we go out with our masks on, we're knowing the truth. Elsie said she never goes anywhere without saying the scientific statement of being before she leaves the home. Or, or the 91st Psalm. So now the normal in today's dictionary definition is usual, typical, expected, mm -hmm. average. It also said that sometimes things normal now will be abnormal later. Well, no thank you. <laughs> or Test it. Is this, is this normal? Is this conforming to the rules of God, the principles of God? And if it isn't conforming to that, then don't accept it as normal. And my understanding is, too, that some states now and some countries are more of a more of a lockdown than others are. So God bless you if you were in some kind of a lockdown like that. And, and no, mentally, no, for your freedom your freedom from Mrs. Eddy on the bottom of page 225 says the despotic tendencies inherent in mortal mind and always germinating in new forms of tyranny must be rooted out through the action of divine mind. Era is a bully. It bullies you in your thought. You're sick. You're tired. You're giving up. You don't have enough. Whatever. It bullies you in your thought, and then it takes over more. You've got to stay home. We're having a pandemic. This is terrible. Everybody's sick. Everybody's going to die. Blah, 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 blah. We rise in rebellion against it. That's not normal, and we don't accept it. 
so stronger should be our watching and praying that others may get what we have. Because I know that I'll probably be on the other side if I didn't come here to learn what I know now. So I feel that maybe now is our time to really be strong in our, you know, what we've learned to make, you know, make sure we're doing everything possible for others to know what we know now. And, and they will as we do this work. It's, it's impossible not to because this is the power of the Christ. And yes, all that we do, certainly not just to bless our own selves. It's why I mentioned the other states and the countries. All, all people rise in rebellion against it. And as I said, we have to obey the rules of the land. Whatever your rules are, we o- we're obedient to. But that doesn't mean in our thinking we accept it or consider it normal. Because it's not normal. No, because first we obey God's law. And God's law is perfection. That's the first law we, o- we always obey. And if we are truly, genuinely obeying that, and genuinely rising in rebellion against anything else that would contradict it, we will heal the world. <laughs> we will heal those around us. Yeah. As it says, if we walk in the truth, then others will see. They will see and they will feel. And they will feel it and therefore, you know, come to it also. Yes. Yeah. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Because they are not outside of our consciousness either, are they? No. Back to the watching point. Mm -hmm. And that quote from Precepts, uh, Gilbert Carpenter, because we work mentally, we can go into all the world and preach the gospel and heal the sick. Thank you. I love that. Jeremy found that. It's so true. That's that's our missionary work. So, so we're not we're not going to settle in to and the things that aren't right and think that's the, the normal way of it. Or that we have to be accepting of it. Mentally, we rise in rebellion against it, and this has great power. Why? Because it's truth with a capital T. This is the truth. And it never changes. Never change. Everlasting truth. Right. Um, it's always normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be rebranded. No. Normal. <laughs> I got an email this week that said, I was on a Zoom call the other night with some people who were distressed over Boston-based churches requiring masks, compromising moral standards, etc. When I suggested that if anyone were willing to go off the reservation, (laughs) the Plainfield Church was a sound, lively alternative. One practitioner said that people sent her wonderful things from the Plainfield Church, but that the round table was not in accord with the manual, and that it is important to follow the manual. What should I say to this? I've always enjoyed the adult Bible studies, but they are rare in Christian science circles. And I love your Wednesday services. So what should she say to that? How do we have that authority to have a roundtable? We're independent. Yes, (laughs) we're independent. And we follow the 88th manual, which allows for churches to be independent. And are they following the manual? 
are they following the manual? I, I wrote back and said, if the organization knew you were having this little Zoom conversation, that would, <laughs> that's not following the manual. So um, anyway, yes, I, I, I'm only bringing this out in case anyone else has that thought or question. What we do in our church, we are independent. The fact we have Bible studies, the roundtable, Christmas Eve services. Uh, we have our own magazine. We write our own lessons. I mean, is that anything terrible or awful? I I don't think so. And well, is the Mother Church actually following the real manual? No. No. They follow the 89th. And they don't even follow that. And the estoppel clause. No. They, don't, they don't obey the no. estoppel clauses. Nope. Yeah, exactly. So. Not only that, the manual talks about the need for Christian fellowship. Yeah. And that, you know, <laughs> complaining about this does not follow that. No. And the time for thinkers has come. We're supposed to be looking for inspiration in all we do. Well, that's right. And the churches will will rise or fall according to their own merit. So I'm, I'm bringing that out in case anyone listens that wonders. We are following. I think, I, I think also because we're in, Mrs. Eddy wanted the churches to be independent to meet the needs of each community. Yes. Um, I think I was thinking about that when I first came here. It's what the wonderful thing about being independent is whatever the community needs is we're there to to meet what our community needs. And uh, fortunately, our our the community of our the Plainfield Church is the world. But um, anyway, that that was I could see that's what Mrs. Eddy's purpose in in uh, having independent branch churches. What wherever the community was, the church was to meet the need as it, where it was. So, um. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Trusting that one can go to God and uh, be obedient there and be directed to what was necessary. So, Thank you, Florence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key point because who authorized Jesus God. to rebel against pharisaical ecclesiasticism? Who authorized, who authorized Mary Baker Eddy to contradict the Congregational Church? And who authorizes us? To do anything. To do anything, even though Boston told us we can't call ourselves Christian scientists. Who does to try to prevent us from doing that? But who and I think we were all told that we're supposed to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, which means we have to show up every day and do the work and be led and listen and obedient to the work that we're being asked to do. Well, it reminds me of what Florence said about um, the arrow attacking the mouthpiece of truth. Yeah. And they did the same thing to us, to our church, many years ago when they condemned Mrs. Evans for speaking in the reading room and teaching classes in the Sunday school. So what's so different about that today? Yeah. It's the same old kind of a thing. And it goes back to the tyranny, the despotic tendencies inherent. Inherent means inseparable from, from more in mortal mind and always germinating in new forms of tyranny. It, it that's when you're in the human mind for some reason you want to boss everybody around it just happens it's inherent 
And, and what is her solution, she says? It must be rooted out through the action of the divine mind. And this, I guess, is the point of this whole discussion. This is what we must be doing in our watching and working, rooting out the human mind, the tendency of, of tyranny, whether it comes to you as these aggressive mental suggestions or we see it nation or worldwide. This is our work. And it's wonderful to have it to do. And we are grateful to what happened for what happened to us because because we love our independence and we've learned so much that we would never have learned if this all this hadn't happened. And so I'm sure it is all of God's plan. I was reading the beautiful story about Joseph and you know, things seemed bad for him being thrown into the pit by his brothers and all the envy and everything. But then later, you know, he was there for them when there was a famine in the land. He got to help them. He was there to help them. It was all part of an overall plan, as it always is, because all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Parthen sent me something beautiful this week. It'll be in our next, this January Liberator, which will come out soon. And it is this, he, he had spoken a bit about Esther, you know, how prayerful she was and how she, through her prayer, she stopped Haman from, what, executing all the Jews that time. So Parthens writes, <clears throat> similarly, Christians and Christian scientists must not be passive, but must realize make a reality of who they really are. They must divest themselves of the grave clothes, rags and sackcloth, <clears throat> sackcloth of ignorance, of the authority they truly have <clears throat> in Christ as the image and likeness of God, enthroned with Christ in the heavenlies, and must put on the royal robes of spiritual authority to usher in light, joy, and salvation to a threatened world. <clears throat> now that's such a beautiful picture, and we must never forget that. This is why we don't accept things that aren't right. We have the, the right to put on the royal robes of spiritual authority to usher in the light, joy, and salvation to a threatened world. What our watches are for. And that's what our roundtable is for. It is this Christian fellowship that is authorized by God. And when a child is healed <laughs> by listening to the roundtable, yeah. something must be right. That's right. <laughs> the fact that the church is still here says it's right. Well, that's it. Yes. So, so uh, I just want to say on this manual stuff... Um, I just, uh, I don't think there's written anywhere that the uh, Boston churches, they're acting like they're uh, a pol the police or a cop or something. And I don't know where they get that authority to, to be the uh, police for anybody who wishes to call themselves a Christian scientist. I don't think you'll find that. So when someone says you're violating the manual, I say, wait a minute, where in the manual does it say that this church organization 
is supposed to be the police for Christian scientists globally. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, but that's they, the point. They've given themselves this so-called authority. That's what they did when they manufactured the 89th manual and put themselves in charge. Mrs. Eddy did not do that. She did not authorize the 89th manual because she knew the danger of having too much power in a central organization. She knew that that would not promote Christian science. So, um, so we were blessed to be extricated, to be thrown out of that organization. And now we, we understand why. Yeah, we understand why. It was all for the greater good. And thank God it happened, God's hand on us and on everyone. I was just remembering because <clears throat> Mary has been reading retrospection and introspection. Mrs. Eddie actually says in there that Christian science is not copyrighted. So we're <laughs> 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 free to use it in the public domain. Right. So. Yes. And when Boston sued us, that was the main point of their lawsuit. They own the copyright to Christian science, the name Christian science. And they lost. Because God would not allow it. Yeah. Anyone else? All right. Well, in the Bible, number one, verse one. Let's see. Carol, you want to read just verse 1? Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. Thank you. And Joe, Joe's on, right? So she, Joe, you wrote to that. Oh, she went back off. Okay. Well, she just speaks about the importance of praise, and that word means the value to extol, to lift up, to express gratitude for, to honor, to magnify, glorify. And um, Debbie on the bulletin board, she put up, posted, a. it's a beautiful testimony of someone who was seriously ill, I guess. And, and the friend she was talking to told her the importance of praise. And she worked with, and this is what got to me, it, it's hymn number 280. And I just love this hymn. And I'd forgotten, I used to sing it to um, our daughter when she was a little girl at night before she'd go to bed it was it was such a joyful hymn it seemed kind of an odd thing to sing before she was going to bed but it, it's and I know you all knows, know it praise my soul the king of heaven to his feet thy tribute bring ransom healed restored forgiven who like us his praise should sing everybody pray, <laughs> praise him praise him praise him praise him Praise the everlasting King. Now, I challenge any of you who are feeling depressed or sick, lonely, to sing that hymn through a few times, and if it doesn't have a great healing effect. Praising God lifts our thought. And actually, all the hymns in that around 280, they all start with the word praise. They're all uplifting, but that one particularly, and I love it when we sing it in church to hear everybody singing, praise him, praise him. Um, wow. And, 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 and why does it heal? Truth. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, th- th- does God need the praise? No, God doesn't. No. Helps us. No, but we need to see clearly who and what it is that's in charge. It takes a few shot off yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So when David says, oh, praise the Lord, all you nations, well, it's for the nation's benefit to do this. I think then, you know, it's so essential because when you're doing that is when you're really acknowledging the supremacy, the allness, the power. It it just does something. Because without that, without acknowledging this presence, this powerful, most powerful presence, then you really don't have too much to lean on. That's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, and it's, it's in the Bible to be, Present with the Lord and absent from the body. That's, that's what this does for you. The city says prayer helps a person praise. And in any prayer, you should start with, you know, I love you, God, or something, you know, <clears throat> you know connection. When it's just salutation. But still, it brings people in line with God. And then things can start to happen. So, it's an, Hymns will feel like prayers also. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so true. I, I, I share that uh, for that beautiful hymn and all of the hymns and all of the Bible and all of Mary Baker's writings. It's been a blessing uh, for me to do what it was said before, to get any or all of the synonyms instead of the personalizing God with the he and him and Lord and all that um, it is it just changes everything because it takes us out of the personal sense of God or the humanistic sense of God and uh, it's, it always changes the whole writing by doing that and I do it constantly with anything and with that him is so beautiful and at the end when it says king Instead of that personal human sense, I just say divine power. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just opens a lot of things. So I'm just sharing the blessing. Thank you. Thank you. And Carol put one of your testimonies in our Liberator. I want to thank all of you who testify and, and have found articles. It's our next Liberator. Re, um, rejoice evermore. We'll be filled with that rejoicing evermore and we thank you the next one coming up in march will be pray without ceasing and then in may in everything give thanks so any of you who want to find articles or write articles you can start now we're very grateful and as i said many of you have articles that either you found or wrote in our magazine which will be Hot off the press. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Yeah. Should okay. be on the website by Wednesday. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you, Ingrid. So then, you know, we have this story about Hezekiah. And I thought it was interesting because he was sick unto death. And he had to do a few things. Um, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord. First, he had to set his house in order. Now, what does that mean? For thou shalt not die, but live. What is it to set your house in order? 
Easy to get up and dust and clean. <laughs> <laughs> like squaring accounts with God. Going over your thinking and that's exactly what it's like. Go over your thinking. Go ahead, Florence. No, I said get your thinking straight. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Are you hating anybody? Do you think someone's hating you? Are you um you know what what's bugging you? <laughs> Are you criticizing? Are you judging? Are you condemning? All that stuff. Thank you. Very much. And to me of late it's to relinquish all fear because I'm learning more and more has been stated in our church for forever that fear is the root of all error and I've got to get rid of all of that. Thank you. Yes, very much. What what are you afraid of? Face your fears. Why are you so afraid? What is it? <laughs> Write it down and then say, well, what does God say about this? Because you're consumed with what you're afraid of, but you're not thinking about what God says about it. You know, Mr. Evans used to say when I'd pour him out a litany of problems, he said, I don't see any God in this, Mary. <laughs> I don't see any God in this. Get God into that picture. Set your house in order. And that takes some little doing, but it's very important. And this is why we're trained here, instructed here to do it every day so it doesn't grow when you have some huge mess on your hands. But you keep your slate clear every day, as Linda was talking about. Don't let those grudges, resentments, fears, negativity, don't let it grow in your thought. Kill it. Easier to get a little bit in order. Yeah, yeah. Better to get a little bit than have it. You know, it's like when your house is a huge mess. It's you feel overwhelmed. So keep up with it. And then, what did he do next, Hezekiah? After that, in verse two, he prayed to the Lord. He turned his face to the wall. Turned his face to the wall. Yes. What does that mean? Turn your face to God to to block out everything else. Just um, be just zero in on on God and and block everything else out and and pull your full attention. Thank you. God. Is, is it like going into your closet also? Thank or? you. Yes. Yeah. Get get rid of all the distractions. Go into your closet. Yep. Focus on the Father. Yeah, everything in his throne room was not going to help him. No. No. Stop Stop the distractions <laughs> of material sense. Shut, shut out the five senses. And listen to your spiritual sense. Get, get, get off your phone. <laughs> Turn off yeah. the TV. Yeah. <laughs> Stop listening to human opinions. And then it said he prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in, in truth with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. You know, he had a very, I forget who his father was, but one of those evil kings that He's had a lot of idols and everything. And Hezekiah was not that way. He cleansed the land. So in praying 
What was he doing in that prayer? Affirmation. Okay, thank you, Betty. Jeremy? It's almost like he's reminding himself of his covenant. You mm. know, God, yeah. God knows. It's not like he's reminding God of something. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's right. He didn't have to remind God. He, he, because I'm, you know, when error is hitting you left, right, and sideways, it's like you can't remember any good thing you've ever done in your life. And you have to declare <laughs> some truths about yourself, right? Don't you? Yes. The eternal truth destroys what man seems to have learned from error, and man's yeah, resistance as a child of God comes to light. You declare those truths, you declare the affirmation, you declare yourself to be the image and likeness of God, and remember some of the good things you've done. That is in the, the story of Death Overcome, too, by Bicknell Young. When the man was at the bottom of the lake, he said he couldn't remember one good thing he'd ever done, and error was just consuming him with beating him up with all the lies, just what we talked about before. He's a big bully. He's going to just put you in a corner and you did this and you did that and you're no good and, blah, 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 blah. and, and you, you deserve to die you deserve to die <laughs> and you have to be in that article more aggressive more loud declare for yourself declare the truth truth with a capital T what does God say what's in science and health what's in the Bible declare those truths that's what he was doing I read in Eustace the other day how it, he says out um, the evil, whatever it it oper it always operates as the negative of what I know. This makes me the master of every situation, and I thought, wow, if it, if whatever negative is coming to me, it's because I already know the I already know the truth about it, or the negative wouldn't have arisen. It can't. <laughs> It can't be negative. It can't be the negative of something I don't know. It has to be something I know. That's wonderful. Yes. Well, and that's our safety, isn't it? Because how many people just go down with the negative and accept it and don't rise up in rebellion against it? And that's why the page is 390 to 393, because it's telling you all this. But you've got to do it. You can't just read it in the morning and say, that's nice. When air starts banging at your door, you've got to declare, declare what you've read in those command pages. Go ahead, Florence. No, I mean, instead of just always quickly pleading for relief to feel better, we use the truth. The truth will do it. I, th I think it, you know, when it feels uncomfortable... I used to just, oh, God, if I could just feel. No, I know something. Let me use it. And that will do the, the you know, that will give the rest. Thank so. you. Yes. The truth, again, our truth, our Savior. Always our Savior. We always. We don't turn to anything else for, for being saved, but to God, the truth, the laws and principles of the universe that we live by. And then... Anyone else want to speak on that? Well, think about what was going on in Hezekiah's thought at this time. Isaiah, Isaiah came to him and said, well, you know, get yourself in order because you're going to die. Holy mackerel. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. 
Who said it? So he must have been. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you know the devil is speaking to him, telling him he doesn't deserve to live. You know, he's well, just he, immediately to God. As soon as he heard this, he turned to God immediately. Yes. Good practice. Yes. Isaiah broke a mesmerism. Yes. Yeah, that's true. He shocked him. Isaiah shocked him because that's where Hezekiah's thought was going. Um, you know, Mrs. Eddy once said that when she talked to somebody about things that they have done wrong, or she said, I'm only telling, I'm only bringing out to the surface what Era is saying. So let it come out. So I'm sure Hezekiah was hearing this voice. And then, so Isaiah said it out loud. Shock him, right, Craig? Break, break a mesmerism. So then Hezekiah said, holy Moses. <laughs> I don't want, I, I realized, I'm not going there. Hold it, everybody. So, so yes. And sometimes we do need to be shocked. Watch where your thoughts are going. Have you been getting thoughts like that? Oh, I'm probably just going to die soon. <laughs> That's pretty awful. But people get all kinds of thoughts like that they just let go by. No. Watch your thought. You know, that was in something that Louise wrote about. Our thoughts form a never-ending stream. What is live streaming, Jeremy? Well, <laughs> how technical should I be? <laughs> Basically, live streaming is the ability to send audio and video through the Internet to anyone's device. Okay, well. It's broadcasting. Over the, over the t entire internet while something is being performed or said or read, right? Yeah. So w watch what you take in that's live streaming. This says, <laughs> our thoughts form a never-ending stream. We think, 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 day and night. The supply of thought is endless. The river of water of life is a stream of right and pure thought. The river of thought is constantly flowing. We must think something every instant. It is inevitable. It is the nature of mind, man's source and support, to be omniactive. Every instant, therefore, we should think a good thought, a God thought, for it is ours to choose what we shall think. God's thoughts and thoughts of God are life-giving. They are precious beyond all else. From Martha White, Christian Science Sentinel, 1911. So... A simple truth we've been taught here. If it's a good thought, go with it. It's from God. If it's not, don't accept it. And for heaven's sakes, don't watch all the live streaming that's going on, unless the source is something really good. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot. I, this was a few years ago, but I heard that there in 48 hours at the time, there was so much stuff being added to the Internet, it was equal to everything that had already been added to the Internet. Wow. So... And remember, too, we are live streaming. We are live streaming. And let it purify the earth with the truth. Mrs. Eddy's truth. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, so let what we am take my life and let it be that where it says uh, take my moments yes. and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Helps me a lot to bring my thought back to where it should be. Thank you. 
When I was going through a, a very bad time and couldn't seem to control my thought, I sang that all the time. I had it memorized. Every part of your being, consecrated, Lord, to thee. Consecrate it to God. Oh, it's so healing. Thank you for that. All right, so what was the last thing that Hezekiah did? He wept. Wept what? Door. Wept sore. What does that mean? Sorrowfully, apologetic, or humbly. I just think your eyes burning and your nose is all red. <laughs> yeah. You're really nothing more to give. Yeah, it's bringing your whole heart. As the sense I get. Thank you. From like deep it, within. Yeah, yeah deep so, within. Okay. He stopped Good. weeping. I guess really sorrowful of what he he just couldn't stop being sorry for what what he was sorry for, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he just wanted to just change. Yeah, I just got a picture of him just, yes, just crying and crying and giving it all to God. Father, I'm all yours. Deep from within. Deep, deep from within. It, it, it shows weeping sore, shows great contrition and surrender to the Father. And then, and then gloriously what happens, he's his life, his longevity is extended, and and so it is. I, you know, this is a perfect recipe in a way. If any of you are facing difficulties, think about these steps that Hezekiah did, and know that it, there's great power in it, and maybe particularly the last one where you surrender everything to the Father, give it all to Him. And you cry and cry until you just can't cry anymore. Wept sore. Anyone else on that story? Only thing I caught was that helped me was that mercy. It was God's mercy that made all this happen, and that uh, that's quality of truth. Be merciful, and God showed that in Him. Turning everything around for Hezekiah. Thank you. And there's sort of oh, sorry. about this crying. Um, I I was given this beautiful inspiration at some time that I was working something out, and uh, I said that I had cried. And my dear friend uh, said that it, the Magdalene had kept on crying, she would have missed the resurrection. And that completely awakened me uh, that I didn't need to be crying. I didn't need to, I, I needed to be just praying and praising and giving thanks and, and just uh, knowing the truth and, you know, all these good things that we are to do. Or I would miss the, this re, the solving of the problem that God already had. And it's a beautiful way to think because God doesn't want us to be crying. And, uh, and <laughs> That's right. That, yeah, yeah, I also think that beautiful quote, the blessing of divine love makes truly rich and divine love adds no sorrow with it. And so 
those two things just woke me up and I just didn't cry again. I went to do what I needed to do, pray and keep on doing good. So praise God. Thank you. Well, and that is, that's the next step. But, but um, yes, it, then you get lifted up after you've given everything to the Father. But no, you're absolutely right. He does not want us to go around being mournful people and crying all the time. No, you have, I, at least I know times in my life when I've wept sore, there's, then there's been a great uplifting and a great joy and a peace that comes. So, so that's and Mrs., right. And Mrs. Eddie says that's only the first step to fundamental change is to cry and then and then you need, and then you need to make fundamental change don't yeah, you? you have to change mm-hmm. your ways which i'm and i'm sure with hezekiah it was probably as we talked about maybe fears and negativities and things so so anyway it changed him sometimes that crying you just have to Empty out all the garbage. <laughs> right. Get it the heck out of there. Yep. Yes. Get it I off. I necessary. Of, I mean, yes, some of it is necessary, but to go a crying a river, well, forget <laughs> that. Crying a river. Crying a river. Some of it, it shouldn't be ongoing, or you shouldn't mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it's a great thing to be crying all the time. No. Yeah. No, but I guess it's the sense of just recognizing something that needs to be changed, and then maybe you cry one here, that's fine, but get on and get up and get on, right? Right, and get on. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're just wallowing. So, and Akaya did get up and, and get on. And remember also in this lesson, the, the story, the, the words that Jesus spake, and he and he is saying, he's praying for those who believe in God's word, which means you. And his prayers go down through all, all the ages. There's a song that the choir sings about that. All, he's praying for you. And he's saying to sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, and sanctify, to cleanse, to purify, make holy, Prepare for divine service to make free from guilt. These are the prayers that Jesus has prayed for you. Not just for you, for your family, for all mankind. And and think of that too in, in our watching and praying. These words of truth are cleansing the world, purifying the world, preparing it for a divine service and making it free from guilt. It's, it's happening now. That That's the power of truth operating in our world. We must never doubt the power of truth, the mighty force. And we are going to end something quite beautiful, I thought, that Carrie found um, in an old journal. Go ahead. About Hezekiah. We're back to him again. Yeah, this is an article uh, from the September 1892 Christian Science Journal. <laughs> by a Fluno. Fluno, F.J. Fluno. Anyway, he asked the question, how can the shadow be made to turn back in the dial? And he says, the jovial old man and the pleasant old lady say, quote, if you would have the shadow turn back, you must be youthful, mingle with the young, shout with the young, and join in their sports. 
Don't walk with a cane until you have to. Don't walk <laughs> with an old man's staff when the little limber stick will do. Don't put on glasses until you are obliged to. Don't wear them stronger than necessary. Don't put on number 12s when 24s will do. <laughs> Don't mingle with those who are always talking about their ills, their diseases, their aches and their pains, their hardships and trials, their vexations and annoyances. Don't mingle with those who always have rheumatism and are forever talking about it, who are always grumbling because of their food doesn't digest well and their clothes don't fit good. <laughs> don't stay in a damp, dingy, and dark old basement when you can have a bright, sunny upper room. Don't wear old shabby clothes when you can have good new ones. End quote. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, now this is all well enough in the so-called finite plane, but it will never turn the shadow back. It may, if you can keep clear of all these, prevent the shadow from going down so fast. You can perhaps keep clear of all these in a measure, but, o but only by not being one of them yourself. Yet you have no standard for all this, and it will be seen at length that all this is done only by the human will, which is evil trying to predominate over error. But when you turn to the spirit of truth and cry mightily to the father of all good, find your way in science up to the summit of material sense and view the promised land in eternal life and light and glory, where not is to be seen but one vast panoramic view of health and youthfulness and vigor and joy and peace and rest for yourself, for me, for all, forever and forever. Then will the flush of youth and vigor settle on your face and elasticity come into your step. You will spontaneously mingle with the young, for old age will have vanished away and be as though it had not been. You will not mingle with the sick, for sickness will disappear and be heard of no more forever. The staff will fall from your hand, for infirmity has fled away, and strength is present with you now. The glasses will fall from your eyes, for you see as you never saw before. The shadow will turn back on the dial, not ten degrees only, but back, 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 until no shadow can be seen. For infinite and eternal light is recognized now, and darkness has fled away. Not only 15 years is added to our days, but eternal life, whose limit cannot be found, is with us here and now, and we are gathered home. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.